0: The message that I have for you today uh, is actually, uh, you know, when all this started, I kind of laid out some thoughts for the, for the first six or eight weeks. I didn't know how long to, to plan for this, and, uh, and so I came into this week with an idea, and the idea was I was going to talk to you about from the life of Joseph uh, uh, this morning. Well, I tune in to uh, Kira's Bible study Wednesday morning, and guess what Kira's talking about? She's talking about Joseph. And so Wednesday afternoon, I'm thinking, okay, well, my next, the next topic on my list was I want to talk through Psalm 46. And so I get to the Bible study Wednesday night as we're going through Psalms with Pastor Tommy and Tommy talks about Psalm 46. And so, uh, I had to come to my next thing and, and, and that is a message that I I do think that this is a timely thing. I think that God knows exactly what he's doing and I want to share with you today, uh, on the subject of there is a God in heaven and, um, I hope that it it touches your heart. I have a little story here about a parakeet. His name's Chippy, uh, and and Chippy never saw it coming. Uh, One second, he was perched in his little cage there, all peaceful and chirping and everything. The next, he was sucked in, washed up, and blown over. All of the problems in Chippy's life began when his owner decided to clean the cage that Chippy was living in with a vacuum cleaner removed the attachment from the end of the hose and stuck it in the cage. The phone rang, and when she turned to reach for the phone, she got the the end of the hose too close to Chippy, and it just sucked Chippy right up in the vacuum cleaner. Chippy got sucked in. The bird owner, was. she gasped, she put down the phone, turned off the vacuum, opened the bag, and there was Chippy, still alive but stunned, as we can all imagine. Since the bird was covered with dust and soot, she grabbed him, raced to the bathroom, turned on the faucet, held Chippy under the running water, then realizing that Chippy was soaking and soaked and shivering, she did what any compassionate bird on him would do, and that is she reached for the hair dryer and she blasted the pet with hot air. Poor little Chippy, he never knew what hit him. A Few days after the trauma, a reporter who had initially reported on this, uh, had written about the event, contacted Chippy's owner just to see how the bird was doing, and his owner said, well, she's, you know, Chippy's doing well. Uh, Chippy doesn't sing much anymore, he just sits and stares. I don't know about you, but there's probably a number of people listening this morning that you kind of feel like chippy. Have you ever been ahead a time in your life that, you're, that you were just thrown into chaos without warning? Maybe a pandemic struck and you just were not prepared for it and you just kind of, where you once had this joy and you were singing and and, and like a little parakeet and all of a sudden, Life has sucked you in, it's it's washed you up, and it's blown you over, and now you just kinda sit and stare into oblivion, not knowing what hit you. Well, you know what? I have a word for you this morning, guys. I really do. In Daniel chapter two, Nebuchadnezzar is the king of of the whole Babylonian empire, and and, uh, he has this dream one night, and and the dream troubled him. And he wakes up the next morning, and he knows that he's troubled, he knows he had a dream, he can't remember the dream, So he calls his wise men and the magicians together and he says, I want you to tell me the meaning of my dream. And of course they did what everyone would do. Well, tell us the dream and we'll tell you the meaning. And he said, he said, I've forgotten the dream, but you claim to be wise men. So surely you can tell me the dream and what it means. And then they look at him and go, well, give us some time and we will do that. And Nebuchadnezzar said, no, you guys are just trying to save your own neck and so I'm just, here, here's the bottom line. You can't tell me the dream and the interpretation. So I'm gonna order all the wise men in Babylon to be killed. And so one day, Daniel, he's, he is um, in Babylon. He's been taken hostage, basically. Taken captive, drug off to, to Babylon from Israel. And soldiers arrive at his house and he goes, what are you guys doing here? He goes, we've come to kill you because the king's ordered that all of the wise men in Babylon be killed and he said, hang on just a second. I don't even know anything about this. And he said, let me, let me, have, let me get three of my friends together. We're gonna to pray about this and, and, and we're gonna ask God to reveal the dream. And so they did. He called Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego together. He and Daniel and three of those guys were together and they prayed for a little while and God revealed the dream to Daniel and the interpretation. Daniel thanked God for revealing the truth to him. He went before the king and he said this to the king, he said, King, there isn't a man upon the earth who could tell you a dream, your dream and the interpretation of it. Then he said this, but there is a God in heaven and he has revealed the dream to me. Daniel 2, 27 and 28, no wise man, enchanter, musician, magician, diviner uh, can explain the king to the king, the mystery he has brought about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. Daniel told the king the dream, what it meant. The king was pleased and Daniel actually got promoted. Now I have a one point message this morning and I hope in the next 10 minutes or so that you can pick out what that point is. If not, I'll tell it to you at the end. The second instance in scripture is Exodus 14. The people of Israel have left Egypt. They've been in captive Egypt for 400 plus years. They've left Egypt. Moses is leading them to the promised land. They go through all the stuff. They've seen all the trials, all the plagues, everything that happened in Egypt. They're finally on their way, and they're headed to the promised land, and they reach the edge of the Red Sea, and while they're there, they look behind them, and they see this big cloud of of dust coming behind them, and they realize that Pharaoh's army is now in pursuit. They're helpless and they're hopeless. Instantaneously, they go from being, we're on our way to the promised land to being helpless and hopeless in their their situation. There's water in front of them. There's mountains on each side. And now they've got Pharaoh's army barreling down on behind them. And all of a sudden, people begin to turn. Their attitudes begin to turn. They begin to grumble and begin to complain. They look at Moses and they go, why did you bring us out here in the desert to die? Were there no graves in Egypt? At least we would have been alive if we'd stayed in Egypt. Moses only knew to do one thing, and here's what he knew to do. He knew to look to the God who is in heaven. There is a God in heaven. Moses cried out to God. God told him to lift up his rod, and and when he did that, he parted the Red Sea. They walked across on dry land, and when the army of of Egypt tried to follow them, they were all drowned in the Red Sea. Let's go back to Daniel. Daniel chapter 3, Nebuchadnezzar again. He builds this image of gold. He sets it in the plains of Babylon. Then he makes this decree. Let all the people bow down to the image or be thrown into the fiery furnace. When the music started, everyone bowed down except three guys way in the back. Three young Hebrew men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They, came to, they brought them before the king and he said, hey, you gotta bow, I'm gonna give you one more shot. You gotta bow down. They said, we're not gonna bow. He they played the music, everybody bowed. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego wouldn't bow down. They said, we're not going to bow to anyone except the God of heaven. In fact, they told the king this. They said, if you put us in the fiery furnace, God's going to protect us. And here's the attitude of these guys. This is how much faith they had to to, to their God. And he said, they said, God is going to deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow to the pressure that you're putting on us here today. They heated the furnace seven times hotter than it had ever been before. They tied the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego up. They threw them in the fiery furnace. It was so hot that it killed the guards that had thrown them in. But there's a God in heaven, folks. There is a God in heaven. The king looked in the fiery furnace and he said, Wasn't, didn't we throw three guys in there? Did we, just, did we not just throw three guys in? They said, yes, king, we threw three men. And he said, well, let me tell you something. I see four men walking around in there. And the fourth man is like the son of God. All the fire did to those three Hebrew children, those three Hebrew boys was burn off their ropes it set them free. When they came out, the Bible says they didn't even have the smell of smoke on them. Why? Because there is a God in heaven. Acts chapter 12, Peter has been arrested because Herod, who was the king, had, had James, John's brother, killed. And when he saw that, it, it, that his political clout rose in the eyes of the people of that area, he just decided, I'll take it one step further. And he arrested Peter. Now, he, didn't only, he not only just arrested Peter, But he put four squads of soldiers guarding Peter. That's 16 soldiers guarding one man. The night before his trial, Peter is in the deep recesses of the prison. He's chained with two chains. The Bible goes into detail with two chains between two soldiers. While the others guarded the other gates. But here's the fact, folks. There is a God in heaven. And in Acts chapter 12, the Bible says this that he was fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. Suddenly there was a bright light in the cell and the angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrist. Then the angel said, get dressed, put on your sandals. Now put on your coat and follow me. Peter left the cell following the angel, but all the time, Peter's thinking he's having this dream, that it was a vision, that it wasn't real. He didn't realize that it was actually happening. The Bible says they passed the first and the second guard post and came to the iron gate leading to the city. And this opened all by itself. They passed through and started walking down the street and the angel suddenly left him. Why is this story in scripture? To let us know that even in times of bondage, there is a God in heaven that's looking out for us. These instances that we see in scripture today, there's one key element that that is truth about every one of these, and that is that there is a God in heaven. I love the way the Old Testament describes God at times. Deuteronomy has this description of God in Deuteronomy 3. O sovereign Lord, you have only begun to show your greatness and the strength of your hand to me, your servant. Is there any God in heaven or on earth who can perform such great and mighty deeds as you do? Deuteronomy 4. Remember this and keep it firmly in mind. Listen to me, Geniu. Remember this. Keep it firmly in mind. The Lord is God both. The Lord is God both in heaven and on the earth. There is no other. Deuteronomy 33:26. There is no one like the God of Israel. He rides across the heavens to help you, across the skies in majestic splendor. Look, I know that there's a time of stress. Maybe there've been great times of distress in your life. Maybe you're in one right now. Is trouble gathering around you. Is trouble closing in on all sides from you. Maybe you got word this week that your job is in jeopardy. Maybe you've been laid off a few weeks ago. Maybe your bank account is getting low. Maybe you don't know what's gonna happen next. I'm here to tell you right now, church, there is a God in heaven who knows exactly what's going on and he holds you in the palm of his hand. Look to the one who's been described in the New Testament as the one who is able to do exceedingly abundantly all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Remember, there is a God in heaven. In all situations, in all circumstances, sing with Moses. This is the verse, chapter 15 of Exodus, and Moses and Israel. This is the song that they sang after the Red Sea miracle. I will sing to the Lord before he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my song. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. My father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Listen to me, I don't know who this is for this morning, but I know that it's for someone. I have not been able to get over this phrase for days now. There is a God in heaven. God spoke to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Church, there is a God in heaven, and he reigns. He's bigger than COVID. He's bigger than your employer. He's bigger than your situation. He's bigger than unemployment. He's bigger than sickness. He's bigger than fear. God reigns in heaven, and he reigns over this situation as well. Can I get a witness there in your house this morning? My hope and prayer, my hope and prayer today is this, that we will all remember that there is a God in heaven. No one recognized this. No one knew this was going to be something that hit the way that it is. I know what everybody's saying. Oh, we've warned, we warned. Look, here's the bottom line. I don't know that anyone in the world was ready for this, but we're in it. But what's more importantly is this, not that we're in this situation, but that there is a God in heaven and he reigns. He reigns over all things. God bless you this morning. We love you. Let's say the Lord's Prayer together, and then we'll kick it back out to the virtual lobby. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. But thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever amen amen Virginia we love you God is for you He is not against you there is a God who reigns in heaven over all things Kids corner's coming up in just a moment. God bless you we love you church. <music>